Thank you for tuning in to the Kiska Current, the voice of the Kiska Minnetus Valley. I'm your host, Jeff Hell. Our podcast begins now. This is your host, Jeff Held. Thank you for joining me for this special episode of the Kiska Current. In this episode, I'm going to provide information as I know it, but I'm sure to pepper it with some personal points of opinion throughout. You are welcome to submit your views to me directly via email at kiske.current at windstream.net. The content of this episode will be based on an article in the Tuesday, May 14th edition of the Tribune Review's Valley News Dispatch, as submitted by staff writer Chuck Biedka. It's entitled, Stranger Storms Into Apollo Home, Grabs Knife, Police Say. You can read it in print or online. I encourage you to pause the podcast at this time so you can look up and read the news article before we proceed. Pause now. Okay, while this article specifically reports of an incident that occurred in Apollo Boro on Mother's Day, it could easily have taken place in any town or rural area in or around the Kiski Valley. In this particular case, both the assailant and the victim both live three or four doors down from me, respectively. I grew up knowing the victim as one of those loving block mothers that watched out for not only her own children, but all the kids that played in the neighborhood. As for the assailant, while I do not know her, I do know her mother as neighbors should. Let's say that I know of the daughter and occasionally see her coming and going to her in and out of her mother's home. She has been known as a drug addict that has struggled for most of her life with it. These are people out there, there I'm sorry, there are people out there that are very vocal about saving tax money through defunding local police departments. Most of these arguments are ill-conceived and put cost savings over the lives of the people. They say things like, the police rarely catch predators in the act, or local police only write reports after the crime has been committed. Statements such as these do not have some truth, do have some truth to them. But in the case of violent crimes, local police can be quick enough to save lives or to stop the predator in his or her tracks. Routine patrols are also also proven to significantly deter crimes such as theft, vandalism, and arson. Now that we have a backstory in place, let's move on to the issue at hand. As the most recent former mayor of Apollo Boro, I submitted an article to the Letter to the Editor column of both the Valley News Dispatch and Leader Times. It was on the subject of Apollo Boro proposed use of its recent tax rate, and it came out in the paper approximately one month ago. After reading comments from residents and other sources, I became concerned that all the newfound bounty would be reallocated from the borough's general fund for only paving streets. While I agree that the streets need immediate attention, a portion of the new tax revenues must be committed to the continuation 
of rebuilding the Boros Police Department that I began working on while I was in office. In my letter to the editor, I also took issue with any action that would decrease or eliminate Apollo's police uh, over time. Despite being a small town, Apollo sees its share of violence. Residents up and down the Kiski Valley recall the January 1980 slaying of Apollo Patrolman Leonard C. Miller during a traffic stop in West Apollo. But what many are not aware of is the other serious crimes that have marred Apollo's history. Just to mention some of the crime in Apollo's recent past, there have been several strong-armed robberies, arson deaths, not to mention common drug and alcohol-related accidents, and public drunkenness confrontations. Authorities have also investigated several murder-suicides on both the north on the north side of town uh, in the past five years or so. Two of Apollo's officers have been involved in felony road block in a felony roadblock ending in a police-involved shooting and investigated two drive-by shootings in the same block of South 2nd Street. As in most towns, Apollo's local police department continues to be a vital part of our neighborhood. They not only monitor mischievous behavior, speeding traffic, or keeping kids in line as they play in the park, they also handle all sorts of criminal complaints along with investigating and bringing all sorts of criminal cases to the court. Part of the job of our local police is to interact with townspeople, young and old, in order to better understand the dynamics of one block from the others and who lives on the block and what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. They protect our merchants by checking that their stores are secure and closed. They help keep our playing children safe and serve as a front line of protection every time there is a fire or emergency medical response within the borough, since the firefighters and the medics are often thrust into volatile situations they, they did not anticipate on stepping into. The residents of the Kiski Valley, no matter where they may live, deserve to know that there is always a police patrol in the area. Should violence break out, we need to see a fast response from police to help protect us and our loved ones. Waiting up to an hour for the state police is not acceptable. Our municipal leaders have an obligation to protect, to provide the best police coverage as they can afford to. Ideally, this would be at least one officer on duty within our community at all times. Nobody living in and raising their family should have to accept a delayed police response from outside agencies as a state of normal business. Do you know how our, your town's or township's police department works? No? then let's take a brief look at each of the Kiski Valley community's level of police protection at this current time. Starting in Westmoreland County, 
Washington Township has a fully staffed police department in order to keep up with the township's growth. Bell Township, on the other hand, has a single car for a sporadic department that at times have no officers at all on, or they have a single part-time officer that they employ. And when they're not on duty, the state police from have to provide protection when no officer is, uh, is able to respond from Bell Township. Oklahoma strictly, strictly relies on state troopers out of the Bell Township barracks after discussing coverage with Vandergrift about a decade ago. I'm sorry, after discontinuing coverage from Vandergrift about a decade ago. Vandergrift is one of the more densely populated towns and therefore is able to provide protection with cars and foot patrols of their officers. Avamore typically maintains a single or two-man police force from one year to the next. That consists of a police chief and a part-time patrolman. But with those limited patrol hours, they are heavily cover provided coverage from the state troopers. East Vandergrift used to provide protection with a single officer, but in recent years have contracted patrol services from Vandergrift's Borough Police Department. As for Allegheny Township, which includes the Markle area, their police department consists of a well-rounded police department. In addition, Allegheny Township's Northmoreland Park is patrolled separately by the Westmoreland County Park Police. This leaves West Leechburg and Hyde Park. In both cases, these small boroughs do maintain a minimal degree of local part-time police protection. Their hours vary as budgetary constraints dictate. When available, both towns rely on troopers. When, when unavailable, both towns rely on state troopers from the Bell Township Barracks, which is at least 10 miles away. So what about Armstrong County jurisdictions? In all, we, saw, we see smaller departments with tighter budgets in these communities as compared to Westmoreland County. Kiskey Township has a good-sized department, despite still not providing complete 24-7 patrols during the wee hours of the morning when most residents are sleeping. In addition to patrolling their numerous housing plans and miles of rural roads, Kiskey's officers are also contracted to provide patrols and ordinance duties in the town of North Apollo. This takes away from their normal patrols. Apollo Boro was once the host to the largest police department in the Kiskey Valley, but with declining revenue, a migrating population, and the closing of industries, their police department has adapted in response to fewer residents and shuttered businesses. Today, Apollo's police department is made up of a single full-time police chief, one part-time patrol officer, and another part-timer that mostly addresses ordinance violations. However, they are smartly equipped with three patrol vehicles that allow them versatility needed to conduct important undercover investigations for both the Borough and Armstrong County's Drug Task Force. With around 50% police coverage of patrols, 
Many of the calls are handled by Catanning's State Police Barracks. North Apollo relies exclusively on police patrols contracted with Kiskey Township. Kiskey's officers provide limited patrols of the borough, along with traffic enforcement along River Road, and occasionally writes tickets for violations of their town ordinances. However, by contra contracting a local police department, their residents are ensured of a much faster response than Kiskey Township Police could ever be expected to provide. I'm sorry, I believe I said Catania, Kiskey Township. I meant to say that it's a much faster response than Catanning's state police could ever be expected to provide. Parks Township maintains two cars for their full-time police chief and complement of part-time officers. Coverage, while not 24-7, does provide for patrols during much of the daylight and evening hours and in and around their communities and roadways. Again, state troopers from Catanning handle calls in the township when no officers are on duty. Burl Township, right out the road from Parks Township off of Dime Road, sees more than its share of drug activity along with many miles of back roads in and around the Crooked Creek State Park. Without local police department of its own, Burl residents must call on the troopers from the Catanning Barracks for their protection. Leechburg has the most reliable police department of Southern Armstrong County. With its couple patrol cars and several part-time officers, in addition to a full-time police chief, they are able to not only provide excellent traffic enforcement, but provide 24-7 protection for their residents as well. And now we come down to the last of our departments. Gilpin Township operates a small part-time force. Recent legal issues have impacted the department and the township officials. From what I'm told though, Gilpin's Police Department is made up of a few part-timers that do a pretty good job in patrolling during peak times with Catani State Police filling in the gap uh, and during hours that no local patrols are taken care of by them. Hopefully, the information I just went over, including my stuttering, uh, will help you understand your borough or township's normal level of police protection at the time this podcast airs. I tried to briefly represent each police department fairly and accurately to my knowledge. Keep in mind that these descriptions to describe normal day-to-day -day operations. In times of need, each of these departments can call upon additional agency response to back them up or assist in expanding and incident operations. Likewise, the officers on patrol in these various jurisdictions are also available for response to assist neighboring police units when the need arises. By having this, what they call mutual aid agreement, it will result in fluctuation of the amount of police protection in the given towns and townships during these times of, of crisis. But then as soon as it's done, they should return back to normal. If a particular municipality is unable 
to provide local police protection in some manner, then the state police serving the area will serve as the responding authorities full-time the police department. The state police, however, do not make routine patrols. They only answer calls. Incident calls will be handled at the discretion of the on-duty barracks supervisor. Most of the time, it takes them to, it takes them to arrive on scene. Most of the time, in the time it takes for them to arrive on scene, the Kiski Valley will be too long of an intervene in any violent crisis currently unfolding. It takes as far as an hour, as much as an hour to come from the Katanning barracks, especially during early morning uh, duties. And from the Bell Township, uh, their new barracks out by Tin Town or Tins Mills, uh, you know, I could foresee them taking up to a half hour, 45 minutes minimum to reach the areas of southern Westmoreland County. That means that if you have a crisis, if somebody's uh, assaulting you or your family, actively starting a fire, vandalizing, doing an armed robbery, that you have an extended period of time before you can get police help. So this is why the object is in a perfect scenario is provide 24 seven police protection in every municipality at every time. So you have a response time that can get down as low as one or two minutes. With the fastest consistent police protection as the goal, you know, we have to take a, take a little bit and talk about the positive and negative options for the local communities, since they, a lot of them can't afford 24-7, multi-officers on duty, that's very expensive. There are several options that the local municipalities have, and I'm going to cover them and explain a little bit about the different options. And each municipality should be able to find the option that suits them the best. So first of all, we have the independent and autonomous police department maintained by individual borough or township that they serve. Such departments come in many shapes and sizes as the needs of the municipality differ. Pennsylvania's Department of the Interior provides worksheets to help objectively determine an adequate number of officers, the number of shifts, number of patrol vehicles based on the population, call volume, miles of roadways, and types of industry, and so on. But realistically, these modeling tools are rarely used. Instead, it is strictly based on the amount of tax revenue that the council members or supervisors decide can be set aside for police operations each year. Although often under budgeted, this is the best way to go for any township or town that can afford. The reason is simple. The elected officials have direct control over their own police department's operational limits. It is a, if it is a borough department, 
The council can control the direction while the mayor handles the day-to-day -day operations such as special duty assignments and patrols. For towns and townships that just can't afford to provide their own police protection, they have a choice of options to explore. The first is to simply, but carefully, contract the services of a bordering or close police department. This allows both municipalities to lay out and arrange an agreement in writing of what services will be provided at a given price for that service. The only real thing is to use caution in the wording since the contract is binding. The only thing, that it, the only thing is that it will probably significantly cripple officials from having any direct input over the police operations. The second option in these cases, where providing, the, where providing their own police protection is not doable, merging with one or more local police departments is a possibility. This is often seen on the news in, in uh, the past few years. The usually, this only, but it usually only works in cases of adjoining municipalities already have some sort of cooperative agreement in place. If they get along now, they will get along with the police department, most likely. However, if they find bickering as a normal state of affairs, then it's only going to escalate the, the bickering and, you know, whenever they enter into an agreement for merging police departments. Police departments that have a cooperative agreement in place for merger will have a board of directors formed made up by officials from each participating municipality. They would all have the same say in the direction and daily operations of the police department. This would remove the ability of a mayor or supervisor directly controlling specific areas or projects. However, merging departments in this manner can solve financial shortfalls that would otherwise cripple a police department level of police department's level of service. That brings us to their final option of forming a regional police department. This has proven historically to be the least successful venture in the state of Pennsylvania. Municipalities may apply for to Harrisburg for a study grant. Rather than going into any specific municipality making application, the money will pay for an analyst to come out and conduct an extensive survey of all municipalities interested in the forming a regional police force. The study will identify the needs of each of the of each of the municipalities and present a report on what will need to be done if such a venture will be beneficial in the long term. The report will identify the number of patrol officers in all that are needed per shift, placement of satellite and main police stations for maximum coverage, and to hasten their response times. The report will also outline the board of directors and budget needed to organize and then continue building and adapting 
as needing, needed into the future. The board would have control of the department's direction and growth while serving in, in the best interest of the municipalities vested in the regional force. Since there is a board in place, the supervisor or council people and the mayors would have no direct say. It would be all aspects of operations would be taken through the board. Now, it sounds a little bit confusing whenever you compare it to merging police departments. Merging police departments would be uh, a condition where there's probably two municipalities, maybe a township and a borough, two boroughs, that would merge your departments because they are adjacent to one another and they could feasibly cover with you know, a minimal staffing level uh, all the protection needed for those two municipalities. Merging townships does not work that well because already strapped for money, uh, they have so much territory that a township has to cover, back roads, communities, uh, you know, and other types of attractions that may come and go, that it just does not work. Now, as far as a regional police department, here's an example that I've come up with so you might understand a little bit more about it. Since regional police departments rarely go across county lines, let's assume that the, the regional police department being formed in this example would be strictly Armstrong County based and it would be a force consisting of, say, Apollo Borough, North Apollo Borough, Kiskey Township, Parks Township, and Burrell Township. The main station may be located in the Garvers Ferry Road area with satellite stations in North Apollo as well as on Route 56 in, Kis in Kiskey Township near the Costacos Fruit Market, Farm Market. Two patrols on duty during nighttime hours and maybe five, up to five cars patrolling during peak hours would be called for in the report. Other times we'd see three or four patrols at any given time uh, between those two extremes. So you'd have during the night, you know, you, you may have two cars to cover all that territory, still be out uh, patrolling, looking for uh, opportunistic crimes and doing traffic patrols, things like that. And then as the day warms up, things start to get moving, people are coming and going from their daily lives. There may be uh, three or four patrols on in some fashion during the, the daylight hours. And then uh, as people return home from their jobs, settle in, uh, there's more, they go shopping, there's just more traffic and more, uh, and more activity on the roads and in the communities, then they may peak at five cars patrolling during those peak hours. Okay, so <clears throat> that's how you know the, the scheduling would may go according to the recommendations of the re, the regional police report. The regional department would also, on top of all that, still be responsible for conducting their own. Uh, checkpoints for DUI, drug checkpoints, uh, any crime investigations, uh, you know, or if they have a 
need for special focus details, uh, you know, they would also handle that. So, for example, if the carnival came to town or football games, uh, parades, things like that, they would also handle all that as the regional department. As you can see, there are quite a few options open to your local board of supervisors or councils. But once a direction is settled into, it is very difficult to back out of or make changes without incurring great costs. Higher costs than you could have saved in the beginning without even taking any action. A speedy response is called for during times of distress. Don't allow your governing officials, uh, governing officials to compromise your safety at, at the cost of your or your loved one's life. I'm sorry, I meant, to, I meant to say, don't allow your governing officials to compromise at the cost of you or your loved one's life based solely on tax revenue. If they begin looking into options that could do just that, be sure to let them know that they need to do their homework and weigh the cost of each of their solutions with a potential danger to the residents that they serve. Please invite your friends to listen to this episode of the Kiski Podcast. Their families' lives could very well be at risk. Thank you for taking time to listen to my special episode. I encourage any information you have. I encourage any emails. I encourage any posts on the Kiski Currents Facebook page. And by all means, if you would like to contact me and have a conversation in private, I'd be happy to do that as well. But you need to take ownership in this problem and you need to help your supervisors, your council members, your mayors, choose the right decision based on budget, based on your municipality, based on your neighborhood. This is life making decisions that they have to come up with and trying to balance all this. They need help. They need to hear from you. Thank you very much. It's now time for our local weather report by Logan Webb, based on data provided by the Central Western Pennsylvania Weather Page. We have Logan, our weatherman on the phone here, giving his Memorial Day report. Hi, Logan. Hi. So, we finally made it through winter, mostly through spring. Memorial Day is yep. finally coming up. What do you have on tap for us for Memorial Day? Well, first of all, we got Tuesday with it being about 68 degrees. Cloudy, that's about it. Wednesday, it's going to be 75, cloudy yet again. Thursday, you're going to have some few pop-up storms, 84 degrees, low at 64 degrees. Friday, it's going to be a hot one. It's going to be 85, possibly a short shower to 70 degrees. Saturday, you're going to have more thunderstorms with 82 degrees and low at 62 degrees. Sunday, you're going to have more thunderstorms yet again. 63 degrees, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen. It's going to be 80 degrees that day. Monday, you're going to have 78 degrees, a few 
showers here and there. Low of 60 degrees. And Tuesday, you're going to have a great, great, great day at 77 degrees and low of 61 degrees. Okay, so how do you uh, predict people's uh, picnics are going to go on Monday on Memorial Day? Uh, to be honest with you, I'd do it Friday because it's going to be raining both of them days. So, uh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> that's a yeah. shame, yeah, because that's the only day a lot of people get off. Uh, also, another thing is Monday, Memorial Day, is Fish for Free Day. You can go fishing. don't have to have a license. Correct, yeah. So that'll be, you know, so if it's raining a little bit, and it's still good for fishing as long as there's no lightning. Yep, that's for sure. All right. Anything else on tap that you want to tell us about? or uh, Extended forecast-wise, I would say, you know, guess what? Summer's here. Finally, we're out of winter. It's going to be hot, and it's going to be sweaty. So just prepare for it. All right. Well, hopefully everybody has a fairly nice window of opportunity for getting something in on Monday. So Yeah. All right, have a good holiday yourself, and we'll talk to you later. Okay, thank you. Uh -huh. Until next time, from all of us at the Kiska Current, I'm your host, Jeff Held. Be sure to check out our Facebook page by the same name for additional information on today's podcast. If you have enjoyed listening to the Kiska Current, please help spread the word by inviting friends and family live along the banks of the Kiski River to listen in each week. Items aired on the Kiski Current podcast or posted to our associated Facebook page is the express content of Jeff Hell. No reproductions permitted without prior written consent.